Was Jesus a communist? Welcome to the But I Don't Know podcast. We're back. My name is John. As always, you haven't changed your name. Uh, that's a fact. My name is still JP. That's amazing. I have thought about changing my name before though. To what? Johan. Why? Because I live in South Africa. I'd fit in better. Would people pronounce it Johan? <laughs> I'd make them. I'd be like, I did not change my name to Johan. <laughs> Change it to Johan. I, anyway. <laughs> Don't you dare disrespect me. Johan. Welcome to our podcast, our 41st episode, I think. Our last episode was, will we make more episodes? And then we stopped making episodes for like ever. Hey, <laughs> but we're back. But we're back. For and it's cool now. to be here. Yeah, for now. And uh, yeah, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we're hopefully going to get into the content of this podcast relatively soon, but we talk a lot, so please be patient with us. We do have a website if you haven't visited it, www.donocast.co.za, that's www.dunnocast.co.za, and if you forward slash merch, then you can go and buy a t-shirt off of there. If you haven't visited it. That's what I said. Okay, cool. Don't you visit a website? Yeah. Well, yeah. So you go to it. You visit it. You visit it. But is that the grammatically correct thing to say? Yeah. I visited it. Yeah, you visited the website. Yes, but that's a tongue twister. (laughs) You visited it. (laughs) Only for Afrikaans people. So this week, we decided very, very spontaneously to address the question... Was Jesus a communist? Now, to be fair, that's really not entirely (laughs) what we're going to be addressing today. We fooled you. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fishing title. It was. Click a bait. Fishing with a P-H. Yeah, exactly. But we'll answer that question for you. For those of you who came for the answer to the question, was Jesus a communist? JP's going to give you the answer to that question right now. Now? Yeah. Okay. No. Okay, fantastic. So, what we really wanted to talk about today was the concept of consumerism. Wouldn't it be funny if you just said something else? Like, what we really wanted to talk to you is, are birds real? That's, it's, I mean, are they? Um, no, and I know some of you are wondering, like, how did we get to, was Jesus a communist from talking about consumerism? But the concept of capitalism came up in our conversation. And then we we're going to be like, was Jesus a capitalist? And then we're like, well, was Jesus a communist is a much more clickbaity title. Yes. And so that's how we got there. Yeah. As, as, as long as we're honest about our clickbait goals. Yeah, exactly. You know, you now know you the can't, entire journey. You can't do anything. Like, what are you going to do? Go into the comment section and say, this was clickbait. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. we've taken away your power now yeah, by you, saying it is clickbait. You've got nothing. Right. Anyway. But, I mean, there's, there's going to be a, a bit of an element of this conversation of communism versus capitalism ingrained in our conversation. I am sure. At the end of the day. Because... One of the reasons why that question is such great clickbait is because there are 
a bunch of people, Christians and non-Christians alike, who would believe and assert that Jesus was in fact a communist and that the early church was communistic. Mm. Um, and part of the reason why they believe that is because in the book of Acts, for instance, the apostles came together and the church, effectively the early church, and they sold their belongings and dispersed evenly amongst themselves so that nobody had any lack. Yes. And many people will look at that and maybe one or two other evidences in scripture um, and say Jesus was communistic yes. in his view. Not to say, I don't think there's many people out there who would literally believe that Jesus was a communist, <laughs> you know, like Soviet Russia. Um, but there's many people who would would hold to the fact that he would much rather have his church look more communistic than capitalistic. Mm. Um and so, there's definitely going to be that element in the conversation. Yeah. So, what would your sort of immediate response be if somebody came to you and said to you, like, hey, the early church did this thing and it looks more like communism than capitalism. We should do that in our churches and we should have a political party that's communistic. Maybe I took that too far. <laughs> <laughs> What would my reaction be? Yeah, well, generally, what's your thoughts on, on that issue? Like, how? what can we take from the story of the early church selling their stuff and dispersing it in terms of a political view? Mm. Should we be learning anything about a political view from that? Um, is there anything to learn from it? What's What's your thoughts yeah. on it? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they, they were... They well, let me let me put it this way. Do I think the church should look like that? I think the church should look like that in terms of how the church works together. Yeah, you know the the basic idea is that you know we take care of one another because we're the for church. Sure. That's sure. that's the basic thing. But nowhere should that be used to justify any political movement. Because the church didn't start any political movement out of that. They, sure. they were, they were a, a community of people within a very oppressive yep. political situation already. Um, so if anyone had an excuse to start a, a political revolution, it, it was them. Absolutely. But they didn't do that. Yeah. They said, well, okay, um, you know, P Paul comes along in the book of Romans and, and, and elsewhere, and he says, well, you should submit to the authorities, you know, where you find yourself. Yeah. Um, I think it was uh, John MacArthur, <laughs> John, Johnny Mac. J-Mac. J-Mac. Who said, we are Christians, we are not revolutionaries. And I sort of uh, completely agree with him there that we shouldn't start political revolutions. Yeah. You know, it's funny how... He how then, J Mac he, then, he, then he then became one of the <laughs> spokespersons for like rebelling against the government oh, in terms fantastic, of fantastic, <laughs> dude. That's poetic. <laughs> if you're wondering what we're talking about, I need that camera. If you're wondering what we're talking about, COVID, 2020, mask mandates, church closure mandates, 
And J-Mac was like, nope. revolution time, baby. Yeah, we're not <laughs> listening to the government anymore. Now, to be fair, I think that was uh, extraneous circumstances. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I don't think it's fair to hold yeah, and, yeah. and say it's double standards. Yeah. No, I it's think not. No, no. If you, if you go and listen to what he has to say about submitting to the government, you would realize that that's 100% in line with his sort of political yeah. view. But it is funny. It is. Humor. It's it is <laughs> humorous. But yeah, at the end of the day, you know, the church didn't start any revolution or any yeah. political movement or they didn't start communism. Yeah. The communism, early church. Yeah. The early like the yeah. Because yeah, Roman Catholic. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the real church. Um Roman Catholics. You're not the real church. Anyway. <laughs> what you what you doing, bro? What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you should talk to the Roman Catholic Church a few hundred years ago, John. Yeah, I know. Not now. I know. Currently, they're like, what? 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 <laughs> what are we doing? What, bro? <laughs> Coming at us. But anyway, Roman Catholic, what are you doing at the moment? Like, Dude, let's, let's, let's talk continue. about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's my fault. Though. Yeah, but, but communism wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, yeah. You sure. know, that's what people should understand is... Are there elements of communism that we know today, how we know communism and how we see communism that is reflected in that? I mean, if you want to superficially compare the two, then you can say yes. But yeah. I mean, if you if you look at the basic idea of communism, like when you, when you read Karl Marx's The Communist Manifesto, you know, it's rooted in the idea of atheism. <laughs> It's rooted sure. in the idea that private property isn't a thing. Yeah. And the Bible, when you read the Old Testament law, uh, and I know this is kind of a different conversation, but you can see how private property was sort of some was sort of a thing in in like Leviticus and, oh, and yeah. Exodus and that. Yeah. Um, so no, communism communism is way way out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so my sort of take on the the story in the book of Acts that people refer to, um, beautiful story, uh, inspirational. When I read it every time, I feel highly challenged about how I view my money mm. and how I view my stuff. Mm. Um, but what's really interesting for me is that we read that story in the book of Acts and we actually have very little evidence that that ever happened in any other place mm. at any other time in the history of the church. Mm. Um, even within scripture, you know, that happened at that time, at that place. Uh, I must say, I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember where they were geographically at the time. Um I'm pretty sure it was around Jerusalem was, and the, yeah. what do they call it? The dia, di, diaspora. Mm -hmm. um, I'm pretty sure it was around there. Yeah. Um, but for instance, when Paul wrote to the Corinthian church or the Roman church or the church in Ephesus, we never get the sense that this was a practice that was carried over through the missionary trips to these other churches and was actually practiced as a, common thing in the establishing of those congregations and those churches. We've got I don't want to say no evidence because that's a bold statement to make but we've got very little evidence of anything like that taking place mm. after that moment. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't strive towards something that looks as radical and as precious as what that looked. Yeah. But what I'm suggesting is that how we read that and pull a prescription from it amuses me. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I because it's saying. very descriptive of what happened in a congregation at a time. Yeah. And it was beautiful and it's inspirational and we should learn from it and we should strive to be as loving and compassionate and bound together yeah. as they were. Yeah. But there's never a prescription for us to do that. Yeah, I guess. I, I guess basically what you what you're saying is we shouldn't take that as a normative yeah. thing for the church. I think the concept the concept obvious should yeah. be quite normative yeah. because that we can see throughout the gospels and Jesus's teachings and throughout the epistles, this concept of sell all you have and give to the poor that Jesus says to Nicodemus, I believe, um, you know, Paul speaks about, uh, I believe at some point Paul speaks about how we uh, value our treasures and how we should be willing to give those, give of our money essentially. Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure in which book it is, but it speaks about like God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know if you can help me out. That's, with yeah, that's who that is either first or second Corinthians. Yeah, so so that concept of giving and that concept of of not holding dear to your stuff is pretty consistent mm. throughout Scripture. Mm. The concept of loving each other with a sacrificial compassionate love is super duper consistent but i think the practice of it is not very often dictated as to how that looks yeah we're encouraged to do it yeah but but we like you're not going to sell your house and your cars and everything and then give the money to the to our local church and say okay let's yeah let's do that for sure and and again, if somebody feels on their heart to do that, then that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, but sure. there's no prescription. There's, there, yeah, you know? it's not a it's not a mandate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I wonder if in history there's cases of churches doing similar things. I'm pretty sure there's been churches who have radically followed after the example of the early church, and I imagine that it was only an enriching experience for them mm. for the most part. So. Again, to be clear, I think it's definitely, it's from the Bible and it it fits right in with God's heart and we should be striving to be that radical. Yeah. But that was not a commandment for us to vote in a communist party. Yeah. Because it also wasn't communism at all. Mm-mm. Because no person had ownership of all that stuff. There wasn't a person who s- stood at the top and said, okay, it's technically all mine, yeah, you, you go. <laughs> but you guys can have some. Yeah. And I know I'm grossly simplifying communism even, but at the end of the day, the government, the communist government takes that position yeah. and that position but, didn't exist. But that's, there. that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. It's like, it's like, that's not a, there's no government role it's yeah, being played exactly in that example. So, yeah. yeah, communism is centralized government. That's what communism and socialism is. Yeah, that's not what we see. Yeah, in the Book of Acts, I, I, I guess like a, a 
a modern day example of what happened there would be earlier this year my motorcycle broke down yeah and you gave me a few rides yeah because i had no transport yeah um but that's you using your stuff for my benefit as well absolutely um that's just an example that comes off the top of my head but that's that concept in practice 100% in the church i believe yeah so let's move on for a second. Yes. Um, we we gave a very brash answer to the question: Was Jesus a communist? And we've spoken a bit about that. So now, for our listeners out there who resonated very deeply with the answer that JP gave to that question, JP is now going to answer the question for us unequivocally, once and for all: Was Jesus a capitalist? No. No, he was not. <laughs> and I feel like it's important for us to say that for yeah. some reason, which is pretty sad. But that that is kind of bringing us a bit closer to what we really want to talk about a bit. Because, well, without getting too much into, or without getting much more into the political conversation, many people today think it's either or, you know, you're either communist or capitalist and that's it because mm. that's most of our exposure goes that far. But Jesus definitely wasn't a capitalist. Mm. Neither was the early church. Mm. Um, now, some might suggest that Paul was a capitalist Ooh. because he made tents yeah. for a living yeah. and he sold them for profit yeah. so that he could survive off of said profit. And some would suggest that that has signs of a free market economy mm. and that Paul was capitalistic. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, again, if you want to superficially compare the, the idea of capitalism to some things in the Bible, because the Bible also says that, you know, if you want to earn a living, you have to work for it. You know, people are like, ah, capitalism. Yeah. You know? Ah, you see, it's yeah. capitalism. That's, that's a very superficial, Super. very superficial um, comparison. And if you want to be that guy that, you know, go for it. But yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. And, and I think there's, there's almost a stronger case to be made in scripture that Jesus wasn't a capitalist than the other way around. Um, I feel like scripture resonates very much more in the direction of not building a system that's primary focus is profit mm. and gain. Yeah. Um, now, again, that's also a gross oversimplification of capitalism because um, capitalism has its roots in, in some pretty good moral standards. Um, I'm no expert, but I have read a couple of articles and and spoken to some guys who took business studies and things like that and, and the history of capitalism definitely didn't begin with the greed and the consumerism that we see today you know it began as an answer to allowing people to uh, respond to needs in their community and make a living off of doing so yeah. which is noble yeah it's for not sure. bad for sure. but definitely this sort of consumerism, greed-driven capitalism society that we live in today, I would I'd almost say the Bible outright like dislikes it. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think I think the Bible's very clear 
in sort of the opposite direction, you know, that we shouldn't love money and love the things that we own yeah. to the point where they... Well, for the love of money is the root of all evil. The root of all evils. The root of much evil. Yeah. The root of many evils. I'm just going through some translations because some of what's, our listeners just got like all... Oh, what's That verse doesn't actually say that. What's... Thank you. It says one of those versions, whichever translation you read, I've covered it, I think, more or less. (laughs) Sorry, that verse, I I always (laughs) chuckle whenever you bring up that verse and there's got to be that guy who like quotes it just like word for word and and is like, like, no, that's not actually what it's saying, you know. Have you never come across that? No. <laughs> really? <laughs> never. Like, I find it amusing because like, like there's always these people who try and defend that oh. that verse isn't saying that money is bad. That verse, no, that verse doesn't say money is bad. It's the love of money. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, cool. I get it. But it's like, it's amazing how people have to I will try say and defend this. it. I will say this. I think money is a neutral thing. Yeah. yeah I don't 100%. think it's evil or good. I concur. I do believe that it has the possibility well that's the thing of being neutral it's got a it's got a potential of doing good and it's got a potential of doing yeah, much yeah, yeah. evils evils <laughs> much much of it yes many evils many evils all the evils what's better than one evil <laughs> many evils <laughs> yeah so uh, <laughs> but that's that's kind of you know capitalism Capitalism is built on the love of profit. Yeah. And it's quite difficult to argue against. It, I wouldn't say modern, capu- modern capitalism. Yeah, yeah what it say. is today. Yeah, what, what, what today. it has become. Sure. Is, is, is definitely something that I would consider to be anti-biblical. Now, I know that people would say, yeah, but, you know, these businessmen who only want profits, you know, they provide jobs for the people and all this. Yeah. Right. The, the ends does not justify the means. Yeah. That's not a biblical worldview. Like yeah. if it's wrong, don't do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? It, the, basically it, it comes down to that is, is capitalism. What we know it as today is I would, in my opinion, and John, I don't know where you stand on this, but I think uh, capitalism, even where it is today, is still a better system to be governed by than communism. But it's far from being a perfect system. Yeah. And it's far from being a biblical system. In yeah. fact, I don't think that there's a biblical way of governing a country. No. Like, I don't think the Bible... No, we've... Touched on this in a previous episode. Um, politics is a swear word. Yes. Um, I can't remember what number episode that was, but go search for it. You'll find it. Um, <laughs> but effectively, man wasn't designed to be governed by man. Mm. We weren't built that way. Yeah. We were built different. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, good. Um we were designed to be governed by God mm. primarily and above all. Yeah. And that's up to the individual, you know, and 
And within being governed by God, that means obeying the scriptures, for instance, in which you mentioned earlier, Paul says we should submit to the authorities. And and so part of that is living in a capitalist country or a communist country. It's definitely more comfortable being governed in a capitalist country. Yeah. Um, At least as far as JP and I know, of which both of us have only ever lived in a capitalist country and not a very successful one, to be fair. South Africa, bro. You're not ready for that now. <laughs> what you doing, man? What you doing? What you doing? <laughs> Subtle. <laughs> Come on, man. Capitalism can do better than this. Um, Subtle is a quite big capitalist, actually. Yeah. Look at this. But yeah. anyway. It so, so, we don't have much experience outside of capitalism. But, yeah, for me, it's somewhat irrelevant. Mm. Um yeah, I'm governed by God first and foremost, and, and by that I'm obligated to be governed by whatever authority is above me. Yeah. And that happens to be the South African government, which happens to be capitalist, wanting very, very seriously to be communist. They're trying hard. Yep. It is what it is. Um, and yeah, here I am, yeah. you know. I'm definitely not going to ever leave South Africa for the sake of pursuing living in another capitalist country if this becomes communist. Yeah. I'll leave when God calls me that's, to leave. That's what I was going to say. Um, because I'm governed by him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that I think we've spent quite a good amount of time on the was Jesus a capitalist? And I think... Uh, I, I just want to no, say one more thing on that. Say it. The implication of saying that Jesus was a capitalist is falling into the trap that a lot of the people around him fell into, thinking that he was there to start a political oh, revolution. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and he makes it clear that his kingdom is not of this world. And Hallelujah. I can promise you now, I can't promise, I can say with relative Certainty, relative to my knowledge. You came to the But I Don't Know podcast yeah. for... Opinions. Yes. Don't forget that. Yes. <laughs> My opinion is that I can say with relative certainty <laughs> that the kingdom of God won't be a capitalist kingdom. <laughs> I should not have had a sip of coffee <laughs> at the moment you said that. <laughs> JP, I can <laughs> promise you. <laughs> I'm going to make you a promise today. And maybe, you know, maybe I'm going to, maybe it's going to get thrown in my face one day. The kingdom of God is not going to be a capitalist. I I don't know what to say to you, man. I didn't want to go that far. I feel pretty confident to make that promise. I don't want to go that far. (laughs) Viewers, you heard it. From John's mouth, not JP's. Yeah, that's true. If we get cancelled. It's on no, me. Well, one day when we step into the pearly gates and you'll see fish markets and stuff, <laughs> everyone's going to look at you like, what? Bro, John, why? I didn't do any savings, bro. Like how? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was, that was a good statement, JP. You, you made my day. Thank you. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So, some of you might be wondering why we're even having this conversation. The reason why is because we're filming this on Black Friday. And when you're listening to it, it's possibly Cyber Monday. Yep. 
Black Friday and Cyber Monday are sort of like the Easter and Christmas of capitalism. <laughs> the profits are rolling in today. Bro. There are businesses right. who made more profit today than in the entire month of June, which is just a random <laughs> month I just pulled out, but like, you know. <laughs> and to be clear, yes, Christmas has in many ways become the Christmas of capitalism. That is also true. <laughs> Why does capitalism have two Christmases, but we only have one? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. But, but no, definitely Black Friday. This is like, today is like the Easter. You know, this is like the Easter of capitalism. Mm. Like this, capitalism is, this is Good is like, Friday oh. for them. <laughs> <laughs> good Friday. Oh, so dumb. But, but guys, oh man. I mean, we're saying this too late. Both JP and I knew that when we started filming this episode because we're like, by the time this episode gets released, uh, you've all spent your money. Your life savings are gone. But you saved money. But you, <laughs> the more you spent, the more you saved. But don't. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like no. Next year, when Black Friday comes around, JP and I, God willing... We'll do a, an episode before Black Friday. Yeah. And what we're going to say to you then is we're going to say, please be prayerful yeah. about your money spending. We're not saying don't exploit yeah. I mean, the I, specials. I, I, got, I got a special for Black Friday. Great. I'm waiting for it. Nice. From Take A Lot. That's 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 good. Yeah. Good on you. Yes. And so so like exploit the specials. Don't get me wrong, you know? <laughs> exploit, exploit the system. Them. <laughs> because you need to be wise with your money. Yes. But being wise with your money also means watching the prices leading up to Black Friday, ensuring that you're not taking a special that isn't a special exactly. at all. Exactly. Ensuring you're spending money that you've prepared to spend on Black Friday and mm. not just spontaneously spending money that you don't have. Buying stuff that you need and that you've prayed about and that you are you knew before the time you needed it yeah. and you've been waiting for it and you've planned for it. You know, I mean, we're not yet to give you a lesson on how to do your money and Black Friday. But we're just saying next year, we're going to do that though. Be ready. Because it's going to be a 10-week course of... It's <laughs> a great idea. We'll sell it. And we'll have a special <laughs> on Black Friday. <laughs> or a donate. We call it donations though. Yeah, or yeah, a donation yeah. of 50 rand or more. Yeah. We'll give it to you for free. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a good deal. <laughs> really good deal there. But for this for this week, basically we wanted to just chat a bit about consumerism and, and how it's taken over the world, man. Um, I will also say this, that I think people who live in, in primarily capitalist countries um, and countries that have relatively free and easy access to the world and internet and stuff... I think we have a certain view on what consumerism looks like, but I, I legitimately think there's countries out there that don't have the problems that South Africa or America have with regards to that consumerism drive. Yeah, 
You know, I think there's people out there well, in I mean, the world who yeah, aren't. If you look at um, some of the Nordic countries, I know they don't like being called communist. So I won't call them communist because they are still free market driven. Yeah. Um, it's not centralized government, but they've got a lot of, um, how can I say, communist ideas that they've implemented. For instance, like universal health care. Um, and those oh, sorts yeah. of things. And it works pretty well. Yeah. But now the the issue, okay, but that's now a different conversation. But the issue of that uh, is for how long will it work well until one guy becomes president and, and then just ruins it? Turns the tables. That's, yeah. the, that's the risk you run. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. But as far as Christianity goes, man... There is so much biblical evidence for us to be wise about our money mm. and to not love it very much at all. Mm. Um, and and with that, something I do um, that's very practical, but I say it's very practical. It's practical for me. It's something I do actively and, and I remind myself of it often is I try and remind myself that all my stuff is simply tools. My house, for those of you who don't know, we're filming in, in my house. My, my wife, house. My wife, my wife's house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the man of the house. My wife said I can be. Um, so such a boomer joke. <laughs> I know. Oh my goodness. Uh, I am not a boomer. We're approaching boomer levels. Never heard of before. <laughs> But but I like to see the stuff as tools at my disposal to accomplish the goals that I wish to to accomplish. But when I say I wish to accomplish, those are things that I believe God has sent on my path because mm. I've prayerfully chosen those goals and I choose them with His ends in mind. Mm. You know, I choose I choose those goals with the gospel in mind and. And with people's well spiritual well being in mind, and so all my stuff, I try and and put it through a bit of a filter from time to time, and say, is this serving that purpose? And it and am I viewing it correctly? At the end of the day, no, nothing much changes about the stuff. It's like I've got a, a pretty nice car. I like my car very much. And the danger here is not that the car would stop caring. The danger is that I would start loving the car more than what I should love the car. Yeah. And it would stop just being a tool and it would become something far more mm. than just a tool. Now, having said that, there's this isn't very like driven by a biblical principle in a sense. Like I don't have a verse that I go to and like, ah, oh, that verse reminds me this. I do. Great. Share it with me. Psalm, I think it's one. Psalm one. Let me go and find it. Okay. Continue speaking. There is a Bible here if you want to find no, it. No, this one a, is faster. an actual Bible. This one is um, faster. But yeah, but it's, it's a principle I try and build into my life to check my own attitude towards my stuff if the stuff gets taken away what would that mean to me and i try and always make sure when i'm buying new stuff and when i'm fixing old stuff or whatever it might be that i'm 
I'm checking my heart with regards to if it gets taken away, Mm -hmm. what then? Where will I find myself? What impact would that have in my life? Yeah, well, that's that's actually a good point because that that's that's sort of how I always check myself as I yeah. ask the question. Well, let's say tomorrow something happens, there's a storm or whatever, and yeah. X Y Z gets blown away. <laughs> yeah, would I still be able to? Or like, how would that affect me in terms of my my relationship with God, and how would that affect me in terms of not necessarily practically doing what I've been called to do, but pursuing yeah. what I've been called to do? Yeah. Because if if something physical, like a material materialistic thing, holds you back from that, then there's a problem. That's a that's problem. it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think I'm. As much as I say this is something I do and I practice, I'm far from where I wish I was in Mm. that regard. Um, I'm constantly prayerful and asking that God would guide me in that sense because I wonder if God were to ask me to sell out all my stuff and move to Timbuktu, what would my response be? Um, it's easy for me to say, sure, I'd do it until he asks me to do it. Mm. The easy side of the coin is if it gets taken away through natural disaster or through theft or some other type of chaos, that's easy to deal with for me. My car gets stolen or written off or something. I mean, it's going to suck, but it's relatively easy to deal with because the car's now gone and I can deal with that loss. But... If God says to me, okay, now I want you to sell that car and I want you to go and do ABC with the money and that ABC isn't going to benefit you, it's going to benefit somebody else. That's the difficult part. You yeah. know? That's the time where I believe my heart's really going to be put to the test. And I pray that when slash if that day comes, I'd be in the right place mm. to be able to make the right decision. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the verse that I've, that I've got, um, you know the verse. It's Psalm twenty-four, verse one. Okay. It says, "The earth, the earth is the Lord's, and and the fullness thereof, the world, and those who dwell therein." And for me, that's just something that I always, well, I say always, but I try to remind myself. You know, my possessions, my finances, everything that I've got, really isn't mine. Yeah. To begin with, you sure. know, those things, I should, I should be the steward of those things and use it to its purpose that God has purposed it for. And I think yeah. it was the leader of our network when we were on Stain that said um, something about if you don't know the purpose, abuse is inevitable. It is inevitable, yeah. And sure. that's, that's the thing is if you don't know the purpose of your car, you're going to start abusing <laughs> Absolutely. In in a in a in a more I would say spiritual sense. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing that you can enjoy yeah. when it comes to your your possessions. Now I believe that you know you've got things for you specifically. Yeah. For for me specifically that I enjoy, yeah. that that I take pleasure in, because that's the purpose of yeah. that thing. Is is to bring me you know joy satisfaction joy yeah um and so i'm not turning amish 
yeah. and saying, well, we, we, we really shouldn't be buying anything that, you know, like I shouldn't be, I shouldn't buy that 50 inch. Yeah. But you see, JP, your joy and your satisfaction should come from God alone. Not from the 50 inch television. No, for sure. For sure. <laughs> and there would legit be people who would bring that up. Yeah, for sure. But my, my, my answer would be, well, I believe that God has purposed those things for me to, how can I say, find joy in, but n not the fullness of, not the fullness of joy. Yeah. But for instance, um, when you go on holiday, you know, you find rest in your hotel room, which yeah. has got a 50 inch. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's sort of, that's sort of, I, I can't articulate it well. Maybe you yeah. can do a better job, but I think you hear what I'm saying. I, I hear you. I think it's a, it's a difficult line to draw specifically because we're all so conditioned to live life in a certain way with certain things and certain comforts around us. Um, you know, running water out of a tap in your home is an incredible luxury, but yeah. we've become so used to it and so accustomed to it. Um, and it's easy for us to justify the need for that when in fact the need for it didn't arise until, you know, sort of relatively modern history. Um, so I think the thing for me is that I don't, believe that God expects us to be so separate from the world that we are never able to use the things of the world. So that scripture that you read, all things on earth belong to God. It would be very crazy to suggest that we're not allowed to use any of it yeah. to better ourselves and to better the preaching of the gospel. Mm. Um, basically, I mean, I'm using two iPhones over here to film this. Two podcast. iPhones, two wow. iPhones, <laughs> an iPhone five, <laughs> an iPhone seven. Ah, oh, fantastic! Is that not an iPhone eight? No, it's seven. Oh, it's bro. a seven. It's a seven. But you know, to suggest that I I'm not allowed access to those things because. I should find my joy and satisfaction in God alone. There's a, you could make that case. I'm not suggesting you can't make the case, mm. but what I'm also suggesting is that it's very short sighted yeah. in the sense of surely I can use whatever it takes as long as I am not governed by the thing, yeah. but the thing is governed by me. Yeah. Now, when I say use whatever it takes, I don't mean use whatever it takes the way the world uses it. Yes. So, some people will be like, oh, you can't use Dacha. No, I could. I could use Dacha. But by saying I could use Dacha, I'm not suggesting I should smoke it in order to <laughs> share the gospel. <laughs> uh, so out of left field. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, how well do you know me? Bro? <laughs> It's good. It's, it's my good. thing. It's my thing. Can't use Dara. You know, you can't use a gun. No, sure. I can't use a gun in the familiar sense of using a gun. I can't mm. kill somebody to share the gospel. 
but I could use a gun yeah. if I wanted to, if I had an analogy or a, or I... You go down to the... I don't do this, but you go down to the shooting range. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. You know, you, you go to the shooting range every Saturday and you build relationships with those people and you find a way to share the gospel with them and you walk out of there 40 years later having saved 100 people. Mm. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, but when I say we should have access to use everything... I mean, maybe somebody's going to be like, here's a really obscure exception that we shouldn't be allowed to use. I don't know, man. But you hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying we should use it in the sense of use everything yeah. in the conventional term, but yeah. we should be allowed access as long as we're mastering the thing and the thing isn't mastering us. Yeah. Which is very significant. Yeah. So if you if you're addicted to watching TV, maybe not get a TV. Yeah. You know? Maybe not try and use that as one of your primary tools of yeah. accomplishing your life's goals because yeah. it's gonna master you. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with watching a movie every now and then. There's nothing wrong with watching a movie. In fact, there's some brilliant Christian movies out there. God's not dead one. God's not dead two. God's not dead three. What about God's not dead four? I <laughs> or mean, five? I've heard five and six are, are lit, fam. I've heard seven. Seven really dropped the ball, actually. Is it? Number eight was... <laughs> Number nine, Tokyo Drift, was really good. <laughs> Jerusalem Drift. <laughs> yeah, God's not dead, Jerusalem Drift. Uh, what are good. we doing? <laughs> This episode is one of those episodes where people leave at the end and they're like, we took no value you, from this whatsoever. Have you heard The Chosen? They must released in theaters in America. And it did busters. I did not hear that. That's interesting. Yeah, it, it was number two at the box office sure. for the weekend that it released, just behind Black Panther. Very interesting. The, the, the new Black Panther movie. Sure. Yeah, which is insane. That's super interesting. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about the chosen one time. Maybe I'd have to actually watch there's it. There's a lot first. of there's a lot of controversy surrounding. <laughs> I'm not. I say a lot. There's some controversy. Yeah, somebody did ask my opinion on it a little while ago, and I could give that opinion now. It's very concise. It's very short. If you're gonna watch it, in order to inform your theological doctrinal positions. That's, that's not you're good. going to be disappointed. Yeah, that's not good. Don't do if that. If you're watching it for entertainment, then fantastic. Yeah. Well. Good, clean Christian entertainment. Now, some people will be like, oh, but the doctrine's so bad, it shouldn't be entertainment. Also, the lead actor once shook hands with the Pope, so he's <laughs> evil. <laughs> the chosen is the mark of the beast. The Mormon Church, bro, is infiltrating. <laughs> That's actually one of them. Well, uh, the Mormon Church is infiltrating the chosen. You can't watch this bad. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about the chosen. So today we went on a journey of asking the question Was Jesus a communist? To which the answer was unequivocally no. Was Jesus a capitalist? To which the answer was unequivocally no. And should you love your money? And the answer is unequivocally no. I don't, I don't know. That's true. I mean, this is a very negative episode. <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> the answer to everything is no. 
Welcome to the Roman Catholic podcast. <laughs> what what's your what's your gripe what's your gripe with the Roman Catholic Church? That, I don't know, man. That they hurt you. <laughs> if it feels good, stop. Uh, it's funny. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in to the But I Don't Know podcast. This episode was a little bit of a roller coaster. It was a good episode. It I was liked cool. It. It, I was, enjoyed it was great. It was a nice conversation, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, sometimes I feel bad for these conversational podcast episodes because it's like, like so little information like people can really grab onto. But at the end of the day, that's why we started this podcast, isn't true. it? Just, so that we could just, talk to each other. Yeah. Over microphones nah. and let people hear our really crazy conversations. Yes, this is what our conversations are like. They're usually actually a bit worse and a bit more all over the place, but we try and rein it in a bit for That's you true. guys. That's true. So, Especially yeah. for you guys. Just for you. So thank you for joining us and thank you for entertaining our conversations. This has been the Butter and Oven podcast and I've been John... <laughs> I've still been JP. <laughs> uh, and uh, we've got a website, www.donacast.co.za. We've got social media that has been inactive for probably over a month. I don't know how long it's been since last one of us have posted anything on social media. It's been a while. It's been a good, good couple of ye- we- weeks, months. Yeah. Except except for email, of course. Yeah, we're, we're very active on email. We check our emails daily. Every day. Every day. It's every day, bro, with that email flow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to stop it. That was he's, a perfect... He's been, no, wait, there's a joke here. There's a joke here. No, there's been a perfect place. I have to tell the joke. He's been JP, Jake Paul. No. Thank you so much for watching that very fascinating episode about that very fascinating topic. We would like to remind you that we've got other fascinating episodes and other fascinating topics on our fascinating website. Fascinating indeed, JB. We're also on the following social media networks. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Wow, and we would love it if you would go there right now and comment on any one of them or all three of them if you please. That would be great. You're amazing. Don't you ever forget that. Buy that merch. Buy that merch. Uh, Buy that uh, merch. Uh, Buy that yeah. merch. <laughs>